Welcome to the Weekly Sprawl. You are tuned into episode 84. Today, we have some exciting trades that have happened, as well as some NFL news that sort of existentially changes the format of the league um, as far as scheduling goes. So some interesting things to review. Uh, we're excited to walk through it with you and give you our takes on it and what we think about it and how it will impact players, how it will impact teams, um, and all that good stuff. But before we dive into that, I want to introduce my co-hosts. I got Casey Sully and Matthew Durgan here with me as per usual. How are you fellas doing? Doing well. My my week was quiet in comparison <laughs> to both of your weeks, so oh, yeah. I, I'm interested to see what what you guys think about uh, the, the big trades and the moving and a shaking going on in, in the NFL here. Yeah, I was having a calm week. You know, March Madness was going on. I was enjoying that. You know, COVID uh, cases in our area are going down. So I'm getting some sort of, you know, peace in my life for the first time in a year, it seems. And then Friday hits and everything goes back to shit and go back to being crazy. So, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that trade in depth. But uh, it'll, be, it'll be a fun episode today. Yeah. Well, it's two trades, but it's almost interesting because there's one yeah. team that was involved in both. Um, sort of at the epicenter of it, and maybe might be the winner of all of it, really. Um, but we'll talk about it. So let's let's dive into the trades then. Trade number one: 49ers traded up. They have the third overall pick. This screams quarterback to me. Uh, Dolphins traded down and received the twelfth overall pick, and then first rounders in 2022 and 2023, as well as a third rounder in 2022. So that's that's a little bit of a treasure chest there of picks from the Niners. What do you think about this? I mean, do they see somebody that that they must have at the quarterback position? Is that that's? I mean, I don't know why else you trade up to the third pick. So let's talk about this. I mean, when you see the physical specimen that is Mac Jones, I don't know how you don't <laughs> trade up for him. So yeah, uh, you know, you just look at him and he screams Eli Manning with a dad bod already, and he's only whatever 21, 20 years old. And uh, I'm Kyle Shanahan. I'm like, that's the guy. You know, no more Mr. <clears throat> Handsome on this team. I oh, want man. a dad bod that's gonna sling it you know at a moderate velocity and uh you know he's gonna take us oh, to the championship he's got a little uh J- jay cutler in him doesn't he in that sort <laughs> he of does <laughs> too much he drinks okay. beers right he he does yes <laughs> he's a fan favorite at frat parties um okay i'm gonna talk for a while so i apologize in advance uh as a niners fan I have no problem with the timing of the trade and the compensation either, assuming you get the right guy, a.k.a. not Mac Jones. We'll talk about him uh, enough later. But th- they have to control their own destiny. You know, they've seen Jimmy, who when he plays, they win. But when he plays, it's the main part. He's always hurt. So you can't take that risk if you're in a Super Bowl window, which they believe they are. Also, by drafting a quarterback, you have him for relatively cheap, gives you a chance to extend players like Fred Warner, Nick Bosa, Debo, so on and so forth. And they retained a lot of their free agents, so they, they really do believe them, the whole NFC West, uh, think that they can win now. So who are the options to draft here? Uh, Zach Wilson from BYU, who just had his pro day yesterday, or on Friday, he is most likely going to the Jets. And one thing about the Jets, that this trade totally kills any Sam Darnold trade value because now everybody knows the Jets are going quarterback. So any leverage they did have for Darnold, totally gone. Besides the point. Uh, so it's going to be Justin Fields, Trey Lance, or um, Fat Kirk Cousins, a.k.a. Mac Jones. Trey Lance is the most talented of the bunch, but is two years away from being a good player, at least. Uh, Jones, already mentioned, Fat Kirk Cousins, 
Not that I mean he's a, he be a solid starter for a while, but he's not going to be a guy you want at third overall. He, he's not a superstar. Justin Fields is skilled, but he also needs work uh, the mental aspect of the game. So it should be Fields or Lance. Uh, you give Jimmy one more year to start, let those guys play, uh, or let those guys rest, learn the game, uh, wait a year, maybe two years even. If you're uh, Trey Lance, I don't think that'll happen for a third overall pick, but you could do that. And people think Lance, the fact that he played in a pro-style system and his footwork is actually pretty good, and that's what a big thing uh, Shanahan loves. And then also people connect Fields, this is a really stupid reason, but he, Shanahan... Uh, coached Fields in like a high school camp years ago. So I don't know how much connection there is there, but you no, know, he does, is familiar with them and his family at least a little bit. So that, that also could be a thing. And why it can't be Mac Jones is because my entire life, the Niners have never had an elite quarterback. <laughs> I was too young to remember Steve Young, Joe Montana before my time. So the first quarterback I remember was Jeff Frickin' Garcia, who was uh, softer than toilet paper. The next elite quarterback, quote-unquote elite quarterback I had, was Colin Kaepernick, who had two good seasons and then got benched for Blaine Gabbert. Yes, he was benched, and if you're one of those people who keep denying the fact, you just watch Twitter and you don't watch football. And that's okay. If you can admit that, that's fine. Still blackball for the league. Decent guy, besides the point. Two years of him, and that was it. I'm tired of guys like Mac Jones and Jimmy G being the quarterback of a team that has all the talent in the world, but can't do shit. They can't do shit. They can't do anything for you. If they're open, Mac Jones is excellent at finding wide-open receivers. Anybody can do that unless you're Nick Mullins. So congrats. You're an upgrade over to backup quarterback. You're not drafting that guy at third overall. He can throw a good deep ball. Not much arm strength, but good accuracy. But he's so limited. You can't trade your entire your whole future for this guy. And if they do, they should write an apology to every single season ticket holder <laughs> that they wasted money. And for the next five years, they're going to be eight or not, nine and eight now because it's a 17-game schedule. And they'll never make the playoffs or the Super Bowl. Because Kyle Shanahan thinks he's too smart and he's egomaniac. End of rant. End of rant. All right. <laughs> uh, I mean, I agree with most of the sentiments, I think. But at the same time, every team is looking for their franchise quarterback. And they've had really talented teams and been held back by quarterback play. I mean, think about the Jaguars a few years ago that had an elite defense and a lot of weapons. And, you know, they had... Uh, trouble there with the the quarterback position you can sort of go down the list and and find teams that have talent and and ultimately don't have the quarterback to take them over the top the bears for a long time had jay cutler and they had a really talented defense and some weapons and uh with matt forte and, and guys like that and you know so everyone's constantly on that search and i it it obviously makes sense for the 49ers to get a quarterback now because you're gonna have to pay bosa in a couple years you're gonna have to pay debo in a couple years uh there's some big contracts that you're gonna have to to sign guys to 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 keep that homegrown talent you already paid kittle uh you know you just paid trent williams so you're gonna need a quarterback on a rookie contract and so uh you know juxtapose that with a roster that is ready to win now if they're healthy so i i think that You've got to start Jimmy for this year. I mean, this is sort of his last year, even if he does great. If, I mean, if you have a rookie quarterback in the wings, I think that's sort of, you know, the writing on the wall there. Uh, but it's an opportunity for him to, to get another contract. And I think we've seen that he can perform at a pretty high level when he's when he's healthy. It's just, you know, staying on the field is the problem for him. Um, 
So, but like you said, like this is a boatload of picks for uh, you know a rookie. And if you think uh, before all the Deshaun Watson stuff came out, you know that he was going to go for three first rounds, and now you're paying you know two firsts and a third for a rookie who hasn't played a single snap in the NFL. Like the the amount that you're going to have to pay for a Deshaun Watson type player is going to be absurd. That's like three firsts. Uh, two or three starting caliber players in a couple seconds and stuff, which just seems unreal to, to part with to go get a quarterback, especially now that's uh, may should be in, in jail if they end up bringing criminal lawsuits against him based on everything that I've read. But, uh, you know, if Shanahan loves his dude, then, and he's the answer, then he's the dude and he's, he's the answer, you know, uh, I think he probably believes in himself and his coaching ability to take whatever he, piece he decides is the one and uh, work with them for a year and, and get them ready. I mean, you think about the Shanahan offense in general, and the Falcons had, took a while to sort of adapt to that offense, and Matt Ryan took a, a couple of years to adapt to that offense and get things going. Uh, and, and it takes a, a long time to learn, and it's very intricate and, and involved. So having a rookie quarterback that sits for a while will probably be the best case scenario for the 49ers because that means one jimmy g is playing pretty well and he's healthy and two it gives the the rookie a chance to learn and be familiar with this offense and, and acclimate to the nfl and be ready in year two yeah all great points you know if, if i'm the niners give me justin fields at three i i like fields a lot um just a few hours ago you know i read an espn article that he ran an uh, unofficial because everything at a pro day is unofficial and there's no combine right but he ran a 4 40 which is pretty damn fast for a quarterback who in my opinion also can throw the ball pretty damn well like you said durgan maybe has some things to learn um on the mental side of the game but no rookie quarterback doesn't really so if you're going to come into a system, I think the the Niners system is one of the most ideal to come in as a young quarterback, and I think Justin Fields would be a phenomenal choice. And I'm sh- I, that's my money where my money's at. I would have to bet that they're trading up in hopes of getting him because they have some inside information on on what the first and second pick are most likely going to be, um, and they want Fields. That's their guy. I think it adds a new layer to the offense for Shanahan that you don't really have with Jimmy. Um, and it also frees up a ton of cap space if you can kind of deal Jimmy and get him off the books at some point as well. I, I think Fields is going to be a baller, and I like I like the fit, and I would be excited if I was a Niners fan because you're trading up for uh, a contributor, right? Mm-hmm. We can talk about the other teams involved in this. I think a ton of credit to Chris Greer, the Miami GM for wheeling and dealing. I, I think they kind of won these two trades, in my opinion, because they're going to be set up pretty nicely for the future. Um, Eagles, there's a lot of imp- what ifs in the future as well. We'll talk about that with the Carson Wentz uh, implications and how many picks they'll have moving forward. But uh, real quick, uh, you know, I'll pass the mic back to you guys. We'll talk about Dolphins and Eagles and the implications, you know, other than just the 49ers. But the Eagles have not had like a tremendous history when it comes to drafting first round picks. So for me, the main concern there is trading from 6 to 12 I think increases the risk of hitting on that pick a lot more that being said you're kind of multiplying your chances which we've talked about on this podcast a few times right the more chances you have to draft somebody the more chances you have to hit on some starters so it'll be interesting to see but let's talk about the Dolphins a little bit here so they they received the 12th overall pick in this year's draft and then first rounders in 2022 2023 as well as a third rounder in 2022 and then they flipped the 12th overall pick 
um, to the Eagles for the sixth overall pick, as well as a few other swaps and a first-round pick in 2022. I think it was their own first-round pick that they traded in 2022. So interesting moves here in the same day from the Dolphins. What do we think about this for them and how it impacts their future? What do they currently have now? I mean, they were already pushing the playoffs. Does this is this mean that, that they're kind of on the Tua train going forward? What do we think here? One quick point I'll make about Justin Fields mentioned earlier, running a 4-4. He ran a 4-4 and he slipped his first two steps. So freakishly fast. Yeah, he's athletic. But, Somebody said, I saw a scout said it was the best quarterback workout yeah, they've ever seen. I saw that so. too. He's getting kind of the Justin Herbert treatment where it's like, yeah, he's really talented, but we're going to pick out some of the small things that are wrong about him. And whether he blossoms into a star like Herbert did, we'll find out. But uh, back to the Dolphins. Yeah, this is a great move. They won, of all the trades, they're the winner. Uh, Tua, now I think has more peace of mind that he is the guy. They're not going to draft any or trade for anybody just yet. And more than likely, they're going to get a really good pass catcher at six overall. Uh, maybe the guy they wanted at three, they can still get at six while also acquiring uh, an extra first rounder. And I think, well, Jamar Chase now it appears to be targeted by the Bengals. Uh, that would have been a great fit for them. But I think they'll go for Kyle Pitts. I know they have Gusecki, but both those guys are kind of just big slot receivers that can also block at a, I think Pitts is a better blocker than uh, Kaseki, but they can do a lot of things. So I think that's what we're going to target. And the Dolphins, they're set up very nicely in the future if Tua does pan out. A lot of first-round picks coming up. Uh, them and the Bills might be two of the best teams in the AFC, not just AFC East, and the AFC, maybe the NFL in general, uh, in the upcoming future. Yeah, I mean, that's a clear commitment to, to Tua to trade back and, and be okay sitting pat with, with him. Um so the, the Dolphins now have nine first-round picks uh, up until 2023. So in the next couple drafts, they have nine first-round selections, which is kind of insane because they were already on the cusp of the playoffs, and now they're they're going to get even more, a, a bigger infusion of talent. Uh, a lot of rookie deals, too, with that talent. So if they hit even on, like, half of those, uh, they're going to be sitting pretty, and they're going to be a very cheap team. They can still spend free agency with a rookie quarterback and all these rookie contracts coming in. So, uh, you know, if they ever feel like they're a piece away within the next couple years, they can go spend big on a, on a free agent and make a splash that way, too. So, yeah, like you said, they're, to me, a very clear winner in, in all this, this moving around. So... Props to them, and they haven't been good for a long time. So, you know, Miami fans, be excited uh, as long as Tua does what he needs to do. But even if he doesn't, that defense is playing really well. If you just make make yourself into, you know, one of those defensive juggernauts and Tua just do enough, bud, and throw to maybe Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or whoever you got out there. Devontae Parker is a good player. Uh, Gasecki's a good player. Will Fuller um, now? Will Fuller as Will well, Fuller. yeah. Yeah, it's so, going to be dirty. I, yeah, I, it depends. I think if if Sewell is there for them uh, and the, the Bengals do take Chase, I, I wouldn't rule that out, especially if they feel confident in Gusecki and they, they felt like they, they spent the money on, on Fuller and they feel like Devontae Parker is doing enough. Uh, he's sort of, you know, not lived up to the first-round hype that he was when he was drafted, but he, he's been a serviceable and solid solid guy there. So, um you know, props to them. They're they're going to be an exciting team to watch. And you know, it wasn't too long ago that Cyrus went on a long rant about the the Dolphins beating the Eagles, uh, and he was outraged. And now, you know, how this was like two year, years ago. Yeah, it was a, yeah. It was a season and a half ago. And now all and of a sudden, we're talking about this team com- being the best in in the NFL, possibly. Fair, but 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 
all credit to Chris Greer, GM. Yes, yep. that's what did I'm a saying. phenomenal job yeah. in building this team. That was a different team back then when I was complaining. It was a bad team. Oh, we for sure. Beat. I'm saying, yeah, look yeah. how far they've come and exactly. Okay. Really, we're on the same page then. Cool. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, like like I said, Chris Greer is the GM of the year already in my mind. Just this is. The fact that they have all of this capital to play with, you mentioned the implications there, but this is going to be dangerous if they build correctly here with through free agency plus these nine first-round picks. I mean, they could even wheel wheel and deal a few of those. You, you may not even need all nine. But that's they're in a great position going forward, and, uh, and uh, I, I, you know, room for optimism in Miami, 100%. If you're a Dolphins fan, you should be stoked. Yeah, and you just got to thank Laramie Tunsil for taking a hit out of the <laughs> a gas long. mask. All right, because that's oh, that's God. the trade that got it all started. They've yep. turned Laramie Tunsil into four first round picks and a third round pick, uh, just because he slid in the draft of them. Do you see that he posted on uh, his IG on his story like a picture of him in that like mask, and they're building like a statue outside for him, saying put Laramie <laughs> Tunsil for first uh, for four first round picks and no third round pick just because of a bong mask. And I'm like, oh man, at least he's in on the joke too. I can appreciate it. <laughs> but what, one thing I do want to mention about Deshaun Watson, you mentioned earlier, Casey. I wonder how his criminal trial has changed a lot of these teams' draft preparations. No, no mm-hmm. one's going no to touch him, I think, now. At least for no. this year until no. everything, if it does settle over. That's a diff- different different topic for a different day. But the Eagles were a team that possibly were interested in him. The Niners and, of course, the Dolphins were as well. So one of these teams saw what were happening, said, you know what? No, nah, we're going to change our plans. We're going to get ahead of it now because we know we're not going to pick that guy up. Yeah, I mean, you add the cost to what's going on and the what looks like to be the the poor decisions he's made and the the people that he's uh, negatively impacted, to say the least. Uh, it, it doesn't seem like he is going to be moving moving anywhere anytime soon. So, uh, you know, I, I don't really. There's not much more <laughs> to say, say about him. But yeah, good good for teams. You got to realize when you got to pivot, and uh, it seems like a lot of teams are are pivoting indeed. Let's just say yeah. it would be a happy ending for Deshaun Watson. <laughs> oh. That's too soon. Um, <laughs> let's talk about the last team involved in this sort of mayhem that we're discussing here, uh, the Philadelphia Eagles. So they traded down six spots and picked up a first-rounder. Now, I don't I don't hate it. Um, you know, I think what this signals is that the team is acknowledging there's a lot of holes to fill. There's a lot of... Um, positions that need to be kind of shored up a little bit. But beyond that, I think they're acknowledging maybe it's time to sort of go through a mini rebuild. Um, there, you know, a lot of free agents didn't come back. They're signing a few stopgap people for the interim. You know, we signed a safety. Woohoo. But, <laughs> you know, there's rumors Zach Ertz is going to be traded. There's a lot of different things going on, on the, in this franchise. New coaching staff probably wants to, to institute a new system, bring some of his own guys. Uh, built through the draft that way as well. So to me, this signals sort of a retooling, and I'm not I'm not sure how I feel about that because it means it probably won't be super competitive for a little while, but I understand the value in, in trading back six spots to pick up another first-rounder. And then, I mean, we mentioned Carson Wentz earlier. If he plays well on the Colts and, you know, doesn't get hurt, there's going to be another first-round pick coming, coming the Eagles' way potentially. So they could potentially have three first-round picks next year. So I think it's a smart trade. Emotionally, I really was invested in like, hey, we're going to get Jamar Chase and finally have our number one guy, right? We're going to have a receiver. We're going to have somebody exciting to watch. 
and uh, we're not going to miss on the on the, our first round pick, right? That's probably not going to happen now. That dream is probably dead. Somebody could slip to twelve. <laughs> it's you know it's possible. We've seen it happen, um, but most likely you're going to be in a situation where the I think the first round pick is not going to be a sure thing as much as it could have been at six. Not that it ever is, but what do you guys think about this from for the Eagles? I, I agree with the fact you said they need talent. So the more first round picks they can get. Uh, the better off it will be for their future. Uh, but they do need blue-chip players. They need a superstar. They need a Jamar Chase, a Kyle Pitts, Devonta Smith even. I doubt they'll get that at 12. They used to still be able to find a very quality uh, starter or high-end player. So it's not you know a huge drop. Uh, it also confirms they won't draft a quarterback, even though Rappaport did uh, tweet out and then delete it. So it's kind of weird uh, that they were interested in that third overall pick but only if they can get Zach Wilson. And that deal didn't go through. Obviously, Wilson's also going to the Jets. Uh, Mm. But that tweet was deleted, so who knows what happened there. Uh, But one interesting point I want to make, Howie Roseman drafted uh, Lane Johnson, Zach Ertz in 2013. Since then, he has drafted one pro bowler, who is Carson Wentz. Uh, That is the worst in the league in that category. So maybe the fact that they are getting more picks uh, does improve their chances of finding uh, a Pro Bowl or a high-end type player. And um, see what you have with Jalen Hurts. Don't quit quarterback this year. If he does terrible this year, you have first three, first, three first-rounders next year. You should be able to find a quarterback then. And if he does work out, then you have three guys to build around him. Yeah, my only concern is that these firsts next year may not be very high firsts. And this may be the highest you're potentially selecting for a number of years if the rebuild goes correctly right because if, if the Colts have success and you get a first for Carson Wentz uh, that's going to be a low first round pick the Dolphins look to be ascending that's probably going to be a low first round pick as well and then you have your own first round pick so you may have two first round picks but they may be you know in the in the later or mid 20s which is not obviously as valuable as being number six overall um, so you know the the draft capital is is nice, but you're you're getting into the territory where you are kind of swinging, starting to swing a little wildly at the end of the first round, where things are less of a sure thing. Like you were you were talking about earlier at at number six, it felt like you would you would get a guy that's going to contribute and not at least not bust to a huge degree. You know, what I mean, he may just be a serviceable guy, but. Uh, you're at least going to get some value out of him for a few years. So that that would be my biggest concern. But the, the, the Eagles have a couple of holes to fill, and they, they had the cap issues, so they've been a little bit quiet in free agency this year. So next year sort of feels like the year where they can really start to begin adding assets and, and really start to, to make a push forward for the, the NFC East. So uh, it may not be an exciting this year this year for the Eagles, but... Um, there is some hope and light in the future, I think. Well, and if I've learned anything from watching the NFC East over the years is you're never really out of it, right? <laughs> yes, that <laughs> so, is true. It'll be interesting. I don't think that the NFC East will be much better this year than it was last year. It will be better. I think every team has improved to a degree, um, mainly the Cowboys getting Dak back and then Washington uh, doing some good things as well, and the Giants too. But... Um, yeah, I don't. I don't. I think it'll be competitive still. I'm not too worried about that. I think just long term, you know, this team is is uh, clearly in rebuild mode, or or will be soon. So, um, but yeah, I think overall, you know, exciting time. There's some some interesting things happening. Anytime there's some movement, especially with picks, it, it gets the juices flowing a little bit. You know, at, at the weekly spiral. So, 
we're, does. we're all uh, looking forward to seeing how this plays out. Um, speaking of, of things changing and, uh, and things, the juices flowing here, let's, uh, let's talk about the schedule a little bit. We just heard today, and if you're listening to this, it will have been yesterday because we published these on Wednesdays, but the schedule is now expanding to 17 games in the regular season. So, you know, I think as football watchers, more football, the better, but then there's some implications involved, right? I mean, players, it's just a tough sport. Like it takes a toll on your bodies. Um, and then I know Casey, you've mentioned in the past, like this will just ruin every record and every, everything ever with football. So <laughs> with the, with the league, but let's talk about this a little bit. And, and what do you think about this is it a good thing. Is it a bad thing? Is it just a thing? Um, how do we feel? Uh, as a fan, hell yeah, more football, you know, more real football, uh, the better. Uh, Casey might feel differently because his Packers' uh, 17th game is against the Chiefs, uh, at yeah. the Chiefs, so uh, good luck with that. Uh, I can see the players being a little upset uh, because you do increase injury risk and you're not getting an extra buy. I think that's something they need to change, make the season 19 weeks and have two buys built in. Uh, that, that thing kind of helps out everyone involved. But the players also can't be too mad because they agreed to this. This was renegotiated in their CBA last year. Uh, as long as you know, the pandemic happened and it affected pay, uh, you know, revenue for each team, they're going to do this. And they agreed to it. And they can be mad for now. But two years from now, when the you know, salary cap goes up 50% or something crazy, they'll be happy that they're getting more money. So at the end of the day, I think it helps out everybody involved. So it's good for the sport. Yeah, some records will be screwed up. But... In the 70s, it's only a 14-game schedule. So I think those guys felt when their records got broken more easily. You take everything for the grain of salt, obviously. Some records are more impressive than others based on the era, based on the games they played. I'm not worried about it. More football, the better. Everyone's happy. Um, yeah, not the statisticians. They're they're very sad. Sad <laughs> boys. Um, sad boy summer. Sad, sad boy summer for the statisticians. Um yeah, I mean, Cyrus kind of mentioned it, like the, the stats and the, the season-long, uh, you know, benchmarks that you look at to evaluate people are kind of out the window to a degree. And I think in combination with the, the 17 playoffs and eliminating a buy there, um, you know, most teams, I mean, if you're getting to the Super Bowl and you don't get the first seed, you know, you're playing a, a lot of games with only one buy now. So... Uh, even more than ever, I think it's more it maybe a, a, a war of attrition. And if you stay healthy, you're going to have a really good shot if you're a playoff caliber team, um, just because you don't have time to rest. And uh, you know that 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 matters and, and plays an impact. And um, yay for uh, another game. But the, the symmetry is all messed up, and the OCDness and me doesn't like that. <laughs> If you got 32 teams, it was split perfectly with the divisions for four teams in a division and 16 in a conference, and it was all laid out very nicely, and now it's all ruined by that darn 17th game. But uh, sort of like the playoffs, I'm sure a season will happen and I'll forget all about it and uh, <laughs> move on with my life. Probably me as well, but I don't know that I like this. Um, only time will tell, right? Durgan, you mentioned the salary cap going up. I think if the players get paid more, um, then it's a good thing overall. It's it's all money-driven at this point. I mean, it's all money-driven. Even the expansion, I think, last year, they expanded the playoffs by, what, two games or something like that? Um, yeah, out of the mm -hmm. team. 
that added, I think, $150 million in revenue. So the league got a taste, right? And they want more. This is probably just the beginning, honestly. Like, I could I could kind of see this continue to, to grow slightly, very slowly. But I, I don't know that I like it. I, I think it'll be uh, a situation that, you know, we'll, we'll kind of see a similar similar um, situation to last year where players are you're going to see a little bit more injuries both on the the tail end of the season as well as the beginning end of the beginning of the season beginning end of the season doesn't make any sense beginning of the season because i don't think players are going to come into the season in football shape which is definitely a thing people always say like what is, what is that it's not a thing but it's a, it's 100 percent a thing um and we saw it this past season players came in and injured and i think the longevity of this season will be interesting. You know, teams are probably going to have to shift, and I think depth will be an important factor um, in building your team as the seasons as the seasons elongate, as well as just rotating people in and out of games. We've seen teams have a lot of success, especially in the trenches on like the defensive line and in, in rotating in fresh players. So, I think the strategy from a strategy perspective, elongating the season will have some implications on on coaching and have some implications on team building. So that'll be kind of interesting to see, but. I just think it, as long as the players and the people working in the league see the benefits that the league as a whole sees revenue-wise, then I don't have a problem with it necessarily. But to ask these these guys to go put their almost basically put their lives on the line regularly for the same amount of money for a longer season, I don't. I'm not down. So that's my take on it. But NFL's a business. I mean, they can lie and say that they care about these players' bodies. They don't. I mean, sure. You're right. You're, you're, you're but wrong, businesses but treat their employees fairly. You have I mean, to. And they also get paid more money than the average person. And the hope is Who? that. You know, Football players? Yeah. Yeah, but yeah. they get paid less money than the average probably professional athlete when you look at like basketball players, yeah. baseball players. Well, that, that, and it's that's, not guaranteed, too, that's, on that's top of that. Hope, in the yeah. most dangerous sport. This is a whole other conversation we could have. Yeah. But, I mean, come on. This no, is I the mean, richest league. Uh, they make more I, money than yeah. the NBA and the MLB. And they pay less money to their players, and it's not guaranteed. Oh, so I, I, totally, I totally agree with you on that point. That's why I hope that the salary cap goes up, they get paid more, guaranteed contracts go up, uh, and then everyone's happy in that sense. If the contracts don't go up, then if the salary cap stays flat, then there's some bigger issues than you know we can possibly imagine. Um, but, I mean, one more game, I, it sucks for them. It might cause more injuries, but if they get another $10 million in their pocket, yeah, you're cool with that. Yeah, I mean, there's one number that uh, alleviates some of that pain, and that's $10 billion that yeah. the NFL just signed with ESPN yeah. and Fox and Amazon. And, you know, for the next number of years, that's that's the media revenue. Yep. So uh, that certainly helps assuage some of that anger, I'm sure. Um but yeah, I mean, I think they're, especially if they continue to add games like this, you're going to have to increase the game day rosters and the non-game day rosters. And um, you may even see guys take games off and rest like in the NBA, just, uh, you know, a, a recovery yeah. game, like especially Small your receivers injuries. and running yeah. backs and stuff like yep. that, you know, take a game off in the middle of the season to recover, get fully healthy and then and then be back. Yeah. And see guys be a little bit more conservative with with injuries and stuff during the season because it's going to be you know it's going to be a marathon. And, and it will be tough because NBA and MLB, as you mentioned, those are long seasons. NFL seventeen mm-hmm. games still isn't a lot, but you have to find that balance of okay, I need to make sure my guys are healthy for the playoffs, but we still need to win 
try to win every single game in a regular season. So it might take a year or two for teams to adjust in that sense, to how to load manage. That's the word they use in NBA uh, mm-hmm. players. But uh, it's going to be interesting. I'm, I'm really excited. I think eventually we'll get to 18 games within the next 5, 10 years. Personally, I think. Yeah. I wouldn't be surprised as well with an additional buy probably. Hope, but now you're hopefully. pushing the Super Bowl into like March, and it just feels well. They they'd get rid of all weird. the um, preseason games. All two preseason games, and they start the season like late August. I think yeah, I would have preferred 18 games with two buys. Honestly, I would too. Yeah, like that even number, and then That's also more money for them. The two buys makes sense as well. But yeah, I think the, I the, play, the players' union wanted to kind of go slowly up because it's in the yeah. CBA about 18 games possibly, but it has to succeed with 17 games and that's be certain th- like thresholds they hit and a bunch of mm. language in it but it, it'll happen a bunch of legalese legal jargon all yeah. that boring stuff yeah of course of course all right well that's all we have to talk about today if you guys have any final thoughts before we wrap up here on uh episode 84 let me know i will eat a ghost pepper of the niners draft mac jones <laughs> fair in case you can do it together yeah, what, dude, I've... watch the Eagles are going to draft Mac Jones and for our quarterback will... factory. <laughs> well, yeah. I will I will probably also eat a ghost pepper yeah. just to endure the pain uh, even more. <laughs> yeah, well, I look forward to that. I'm excited to see how Mac Jones looks in uh, yeah. you know, San Francisco red instead of Crimson Tide red. I think uh, I just like, be jinx- exciting. I think I jinxed myself. Like now it's for sure happening just because I did that. I don't know why I thought that, but whatever. Well, apparently he did not have sucks. a great. I haven't watched the clips yet. Yeah, uh, the pro day today was apparently not great for me. Was, so maybe maybe that scared Kyle off yeah, a little bit. He had little... he had the, he had one overthrow that was pretty bad, and they show Kyle Shanahan. He has just like a, a blank face. He's just like, really? Fuck. We're trading I traded for this guy? The, all these <laughs> picks for this guy. I don't <laughs> think you trade up for for Mac Jones. <laughs> and, and also to, to three. Also, yeah, and pro days. The Niners already know who they're going to draft. They're doing all this stuff for smoke and mirrors. Whether you know it's Justin Fields or Mac Jones, Trey Lance, they know who they're going to pick. So pro days won't sway their opinion that much, I think. Yeah. 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 Hopefully. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, let's wrap things up there. Uh, we have a ton of interesting content coming up, though. I want to give my co-hosts a chance to plug it, and then stay tuned next week. I think we're going to start diving into some draft coverage as well. Uh, maybe some quarterback previews. There's a lot of interesting ones that we could see go in the top five of this year's draft. So that will be exciting. But before we head out, what do you guys want to let the listeners know to be on the lookout for? Casey? Yeah, one of those quarterbacks, uh, Durgan did a breakdown on Zach Wilson a while ago. I revisited him, and uh, that breakdown will be out on YouTube and the website on Thursday. So taking a look at Zach Wilson from BYU. Awesome. Weeklyspiral.com. You can find it there. Um, There will be a link in the article to the YouTube, I believe, or the video embedded in there. Uh, Check that out for sure. Durgan, what about you, man? Uh, Can we get a quick uh, preview, Casey? Is it good or bad about Zach Wilson? Like him or don't like him? The physical talent is there. I didn't see very many impressive reads or anticipation throws. So he's perfect for the Jets. necessarily (laughs) need that all the time. You got the arm talent. You can sort of see it and throw it because uh, you got the arm talent to get it there on time regardless. So, um, But there are a couple concerns. I'm very mm. excited. I'm very excited to read about it now and watch it too. Uh, speaking of Zach Wilson, BYU, I did a scouting report on his top receiver, Dax Milne, who is a prototypical Patriots player. And if you know, that means a small slot white receiver with minimal athleticism. <laughs> 
and makes plays. Awesome. Looking forward to both of those. This has been a weekly Spiral production bringing you fresh football every single week. Thank you for sticking with us on episode 84. We hope whatever else you get up to the rest of the day, it is awesome, and we'll catch you next week for episode 85.